Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. Recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with a great friend and business associate, Randy Wu. Randy has a wide variety of experience in government and business and also coaching in the Tony Robbins world. He and I had a great conversation about life, about business, about career success, and how to get through tough times, which a lot of us are finding right now. But first, this episode is brought to you by Keystone Financial Services, a top wealth management firm based in the land of love, Loveland, Colorado. At Keystone Financial Services, we are here to provide unbiased advice and guidance. Our goal is to replace uncertainty with confidence and clarity when it comes to planning for your family's financial future. Take the guesswork out of your financial future today and schedule a free initial conversation with one of our certified financial planners. Visit KeystoneFinancial.com. Randy, welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Randy and I have gotten to be great friends over the years. Uh, but before we dig in, would you share a bit of your background, where you've come from? Uh, over 20 years in, in, in government and business, primarily coaching government folks around U.S.-China relations. And then in, in my, my other businesses where I've helped other uh, enterprises work with their specialized teams to coach them to be at their peak performance. Yep. And, you know, part of that, uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of uh, Tony Robbins uh, coaching team. And I bet that was quite an experience too, because not only were you a participant, you went to a lot of those events, but then you actually got trained in coaching and actually got to be around you know, the big man a while. Right. And had it, some experiences was, around uh, that. There's some stories to share in that process alone. So maybe I'll get to share that with you later. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that uh, kind of pops into your head as far as any interesting stories that you remember? Every coach that goes through Tony, I don't know if I'm supposed to give it away, but it's always different. And really the the training I would allude to, I thought survival training uh, during my time with the government was pretty tough. Um, you know, fending for yourself, finding food and, and surviving uh, the wilderness for a few days. Well, Tony took that challenge, too, that I didn't anticipate because I thought this is enterprise business coaching. But part of our uh, graduation for coaching was to essentially go out into the public without any identification, no financial assistance and get back from point A to point C without any friends, resources and and, and actually make that happen. And, and what he wanted to stress was how resourceful are you, right? I mean, it's, it's like what you and I do in, in any terms of business, right? We have to earn trust and uh, show that we're authentic and genuine. Now you're back in the corporate world and how you translated the work that you learned and did with Tony into the corporate world now. So working as a coach for Tony, you know, I was very fortunate to, to meet a lot of folks from a lot of different fields of life. And, you know, whether that was from a personal life coach aspect or 
business coaching, building their businesses, uh, transitioning back into the business world, I think it's still coaching. It's just a different flavor, meaning what vehicle, whether that's in the tech world, which is where I'm at now, whether that's um, on helping businesses on their cloud journey or helping businesses innovate because of what we you know, just experienced with the pandemic. It's essentially coaching, but more customized to whoever I'm speaking with. You're on a team now. What is one of your favorite tools that you had learned from your coaching that you train your team with now? Uh, you know, I'll never forget Tony saying to us, if you can only have one session or one call with a client, what would you want them to leave with? And he would say, okay, remember from this point forward, the one thing that I would like for every client to know on this call is for you to share the triad. And I thought the triad, what is this? What, what, what is this triad he, he mentioned? And if you would draw a, a triangle, because it's essentially you draw this triangle on the center of a piece of paper and on the base of that triangle and you write physiology, it all starts with our bodies. And, and he said, you need to focus on your physiology. And before I get too, too far ahead, on the left-hand side of the triangle, if you'd write focus, so it's physiology at the base, focus on the left, and on the right side of the triangle, you have language. So physiology, focus, language. These are the three components for the triad. And he said, if you know this, you can feel any way you want to feel at any given time. And I'm thinking, how is this possible? So he further explained physiology. If I were to share with you right now, I'd ask you, how does a sad, depressed person look like? Some of you would say, okay, you know, that individual is looking downward, shoulders slouched, you know, almost in a fetal position. You can, you can see someone who's really depressed, you know, in a fetal position on the bed, right? So that's that physiology. If you wanted to feel amazing, fantastic, what would that person feel like? You know, head up, eyes forward, chest out, shoulders back. So in a matter of changing your physiology, that's the first step. So if you know that you can change your physiology, that's the fastest way to go from sad to, to happy instantly. Now, if, if you take the next step, focus. So when you're sad, what are you focusing on? Probably inward things, all the things that are about you. You know, oh, my life isn't that good. Oh, I don't get paid enough. Oh, I'm hungry. But if you were to focus on more outwardly things, like the people you care about, look at that child who's smiling, running, carefree. Remember those days? Again, you can change instantly, right? Imagine just smiling and then looking at your, your goofy face like I look at myself in the mirror. I instantly laugh. So physiology, focus. Lastly, language. That solidifies how we feel. When I say I'm feeling fantastic, I'm feeling phenomenal. I'm elated. I'm going to feel that way. It's that language. Language can drastically go from a negative 10 to a positive 10. It's a full spectrum. So choosing the right words can determine how you feel. So physiology, focus, and language. And this is what I did for you know, my team, because in this day and age, we're going through a pandemic, working from home, being isolated. It's easy to lose yourself, or like I said, focus inwardly you're losing those connections. But if we focus externally to the possibilities and the resources we have, then we can feel even more connected and more happy. So it's great to know this in theory, but how can we apply it? What's the secret sauce? 
the secret sauce starts with I am. I am confident. I am strong. I am articulate. You know, what are you going to do with these I am abilities? Back when I first started coaching, I wasn't very confident. Yes, I know. And I wanted to help people. But could I help the average person? Could I help, you know, that CEO or that bus driver who spends every day putting themselves on the line to get us from point A to point B? I wasn't sure. So part of the triad is not just knowing about physiology, focus, and language. That's just the beginning. How can we incorporate it into our daily life? Tony mentions doing incantations rather than incantations. We can say it enough like, oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm not good enough. Those are incantations. So to be more positive, we need to focus on incantations. And they start with I am's. When I first started coaching and I shared this with the team, I wanted to be powerful because I wanted to be able to break through any resistance. I wanted to be able to help anyone, rich, poor, young, old, challenged, not challenged. I wanted to help anyone. So my incantation was I'm powerful. I can help anyone, anywhere, anytime. And as humans, fear creeps in, right? So yeah, I want to do that. But am I sure? Yes, I've got this. So I had to put a exclamation. Some people will say, you know, so God help me, right? What's difference between this incantation and an affirmation is that Tony puts it into your body, put it into you. So I'd start with a bump into my chest. I'm powerful. I can help anyone, anywhere, anytime. I've got this. So coming from the triad to your incantation, I suggest start with I am what? Do you want to be more confident? Do you want to be more extroverted? Do you want to be more playful? Spend 30 seconds, write down a whole list. You can have repeats, circle the ones that you really want, whether that's you know playful, romantic. Again, you can be any way you want at any time with whoever you want. This I'm powerful incantation works you know, when I'm helping coaching clients and in business, but I can't bring that home to my wife. Before I get through the door, I go, I'm calm, I'm patient, I'm loving, I'm here to listen, I'm not here to solve. Again, you've got two separate types of incantations, one for one persona, another for, you know, your personal life as well. You know, you can have as many as you want and need, but this is just sums up like what I did for my team so that we're ready for our customers, but also ready for personal life, for for work-life balance. All right. So switching gears a little bit, Randy, when you look over your life, you've had a lot of different experiences, again, with teams individually, uh, with government. How has a failure or maybe an apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite failure that pops into your mind? The failure I had early on in my career in the government actually led me to my dream government role. We were doing some technical IT with the Chinese language, and that wasn't my forte. I focused on the Chinese language and the culture, and I thought I was going to use that to help like certain Chinese refugees come to the U.S. and, and be that bridge. Um, well, in the first six months, that, that, that didn't happen. It was, <laughs> it was obvious I was not um, excelling. And for obvious reasons, I was concerned. This was the first time in my career that I, I didn't achieve or exceed. 
But fortunately, I had you know, some good senior leadership that said, hey, you're really good with languages. Let's move you to where you want to be, where you get to have more customer facing, use your language ability. So because of that failure, I ended up getting to use my skills at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, where I got to be around delegates and take them to 10 gold medal matches along where nine were U.S. You know, gold medals, uh, other you know, table tennis and badminton were also a fan favorite. So that failure turned into this Beijing Olympics that I would never have imagined. And pretty excited. I got to spend 42 days there doing my dream job yeah, because of that, that failure. Yeah. What an amazing experience. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made? And so that could be an investment of money, of time, of energy. What pops into your mind? Well, being that I'm here with you today, I'd say the best investment of money throughout has been the Tony events, especially the business mastery one, where I got to transform my business uh, and then become a coach and take all the things to be here with you today. So that investment was the best one. And here's a funny story. At that time, I was leveraged so much with, with my businesses that I actually took my Rolex and pawned it to pay for Tony. So that, that was by far one of the best in, uh, investments. Yeah. And investing back into yourself. Yeah. Investing right. in your own growth, in other words. But also, if, if I were to say, then taking all the investments or taking what's made from the businesses and, and investing, like what you're doing, like investing back, planning for the rainy day, like allowing money to grow without having to work for it. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, you know, wealth management is about building up something, whether it's a business or real estate portfolio or other types of investments that are going to produce incomes. But yeah, the way that you get that income, though, in the first place, you've got to work for it, right? And yeah, so right. Uh, you've got to work for it. And so being creative and be able to start a business and have the acumen to build up some type of a portfolio that's producing that income. But eventually, yeah, we don't want to have to work for the income. Eventually, we want to get to the point where it's just paying us. Work for it once and let it keep growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? just maybe getting their first career, their first job? Um, building your confidence, building that mindset that whatever comes like myself with that failure, good things come. Because if you fail fast, you'll be successful even sooner because you take what you learn and, and you grow. Use the triad to continue to, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but grow yourself to become, even though if you're not currently not confident, to become more confident and make progress. And as you make progress, you're going to feel better. And as you feel better, you're going to build that confidence. At the same time, while you're building your mental capacity and your emotional capacity, take that money that you earn and put, a, you know, put that away so it can grow exponentially. It took me uh, longer than it should because I was more frivolous in my youth. You know, as you're building your emotion and your, your, your uh, mental capacity, build your fiscal capacity by, you know, stocking at least, you know, 10 to 20%. I know that sounds a lot, but it, it really isn't. Ask for advice to where to put it. You know, nowadays being in tech, you can put it, you know, in a fund that just constantly grows. You can buy fractional shares of things right now. So yeah, it's funny, you know, we talk to people at various stages of their life and the first conversation, whether they're 30 or 60, 
everybody says the same thing. I wish I would have started sooner. But one other thing, kind of bouncing back there for a second, you mentioned is failing faster. Yeah, you know, it's kind of an interesting concept because I, I think in a lot of ways, maybe it's we do it to ourselves, but I think in a lot of ways, we're kind of conditioned to try to avoid failure. Uh, but what you're saying basically is you're failing faster. You're actually, you're learning more. You're actually going to grow more by failing. Yes. And then the key concept there is if you're failing faster, there's a, a term called the two-way door, meaning take the chance rather than wait for the opportunity to pass. Because if you take that action and you move forward and it doesn't work, you can always go back through that same door. You know, it's not a one-way door, it's a two-way door. And so you can pick the the next route that that may be better for you. And if you take from that approach, not only are you going to get your exercise, you know, you're going to be fit and you're, you're going to be more fit than the next person because you're going to have more of those experiences. Whereas if you're only taking a chance here or there, then compared to the person who's gone faster 10 times, they're going to have 10 times or a hundred times more experience for that same short amount of time. And yeah. I, if I had to go back, I would have failed even faster. I'm grateful for that big fail, but I, I would do even more, you know, over, over these last 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And if you talk to people or hear people speak that say are uber successful, people like Richard Branson or Elon Musk, they'll readily say how many times they failed. And it was a lot. And in fact, a lot of times it seems like the people that did fail the most actually end up being the most successful. One great win, well worth a thousand failures. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, and you know, I think this is just helpful because a lot of people have kind of gone there, right? A lot of anxiety, especially right now, we're, we're paying attention to the news and what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and just a lot of stuff out there that's trying to grab our attention. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, or maybe even if you're coaching somebody else in your team that's in that spot, what do you do? What, what questions do you ask yourself to get yourself back on track? You know, if your current life conditions don't mean current success blueprint, one or both should change. And the first step to look at is what truly is your outcome? You know, you want to be successful in all these different things, but if your life conditions is minimal time, you don't have time for this or that, how do I get more time? Let's start with one or two outcomes. And the difference is if you're focusing on outcomes, it's not so much about the outputs. You're thinking, oh, I have to do these 20, 30 things to get this one outcome. But if you're focusing on that outcome and you realize, hmm, okay, 20, 30 things, but what are the one or two things that'll get me 80% of the way there? You know, Tony says Pareto's law, you know, what's the 20% that'll get you the 80%? You do that and, and that anxiety goes away. You're not focusing on the 30 things that you think you have to do to reach the outcome. You focus on that 20% and you get 80%, then you're, you're golden. You're, you're going to feel more confident. You're going to have more time and you're going to accomplish that outcome. So I would always say, start from what's your outcome and work backwards through what you need to get there. And then, you know, as you're looking at outputs, because we want to be measured by outputs, we want to minimize those outputs and, and have that the outcome you're looking for. You know, let's say that you're at the end of your career, put yourself in that perspective. And maybe there's a, a young person coming on board that's going to be taking your position, say a guy or a gal, what would be uh, maybe a, a bit or two of advice that you would give them maybe as you're retiring and you're handing the baton back to them? I would say be resourceful, be who, be your genuine self, you know, flawed and all, because that's what makes us approachable, accessible, 
it goes back to my high school social science teacher, Mr. Janice. And he said, if, if you don't remember anything from this whole entire year, sophomore year in high school, just remember this formula. Progress equals interaction and accessibility. Meaning to have progress, you need to interact with others and you have to make yourself available, meaning your true self, not just, oh, I'm here to listen, but they need to know what Randy's about. So for those who are coming to replace me, just be your genuine self and be ready to interact with others, regardless of the cover. And I think you'll have a, a brilliant and, and resourceful career. With that, Randy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's, it's been a pleasure. This episode has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.